You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 58 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts, and this is the show for July 2018. And for the first time in a little while, this is not a solo show. I actually have a guest. In fact, it's not just a guest. It's a first-time guest. So, uh, Jeff Carlson, welcome to Let's Talk Photography. Hi, thanks for having me here. It is my absolute pleasure. So we're going to have a conversation about taking photographs with our iPhones. But before we do that, um, since this is your first time on here, do you just want to give listeners sort of the a sort of a big picture view of, you know, who are you as a photographer? You know, how did you get started taking photographs? And, you know, you do you do it for a living? Do you do it for fun? A little bit of a column A, a little bit of column B, you know, just sort of the big picture stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I sort of consider myself as a uh, digital photographer and I know everybody's a digital photographer now but um, I think unlike a lot of photographers I did not come up by um, having lots of experience shooting with film I mean I have shot film but that was ages and ages ago Um, when I first got into photography basically I went to uh, South Africa on vacation and before that, I had just shot like little point and shoots and, you know, way, way, way back in the day, little disc cameras and um, when I was a kid. And so uh, I went to South Africa and we were going to go on safari. And I was like, OK, some little point and shoot is not going to cut it <laughs> and I should get a quote unquote real camera. Um, and so I, I got like a little uh, Canon super zoom. I can't remember the the model offhand. Um, so that I could actually zoom in and and see animals. And as I'm sure a lot of your listeners um, have experienced, like that did it for me. I was hooked. I was like, yeah. oh, this is great. Like I, I love doing this. Um, and, you know, that was my gateway drug to, um, you know, uh, many, many years and many uh, dollars spent on yeah. equipment. And um, so, so, so that, was it, it started purely as a as a, a recreational hobby thing um and in fact my wife was thrilled that i had a new hobby because um so my my uh, uh work background i've been a freelance writer for 20 some odd years um written dozens of books on um all sorts of topics mac topics um uh, i wrote about video editing for a while uh and the way a lot of those came about was me having an interest and then my publisher saying, oh, hey, I see that you know something about this. Would you be interested in writing about it? Hmm. And so in this case, I took some pictures, uh, you know, I posted them on on Flickr and uh, my, my publisher, uh, this was Petriot Press at the time, my editor said, hey, uh, you take some kind of decent pictures and we know you can write. Would you like to write a book about a camera? And of course I was like, well, yes, because I'm a freelance writer. I will say yes to almost anything sometimes. Um, And so um, I wrote a book. um, It was, it it was adapted from an earlier series about the um, Canon PowerShot G10, which was a little, you know, compact 
uh, camera, but it could shoot in RAW. And yeah, I mean uh, that was had... a famous camera. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think no, famous is probably the right word for it. It's 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 an institution that camera because it was that strange mix of teeny tiny portable and yet RAW. Exactly, exactly, and you know. It was a camera that a lot of, of you know, quote unquote, uh, real photographers, like they're just carrying that around as their second camera. I mean, I think, you know, David Hobby should probably have gotten, you know, all sorts of uh, royalties <laughs> for it just for, for recommending that because, um, you know, like he knew what he was doing. And yet he said, you know, I, I don't need to carry my, my big gear because I have this and it'll let me do, you know, advanced, uh, you know, flash uh, work, things like that. And so, um, so I, I wrote a book about it and, um, which was a great experience. And I would highly recommend anybody who really wants to learn about photography to write a book about it because, you know, I thought I knew quite a bit. Um, and when you have to start, you know, digging into all the details of, you know, what this camera does and, and, you know, making examples that, that, that show it, uh, you suddenly realize, Oh, like, Oh my God, there's so much more to know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so, uh, to my wife's chagrin, my my photo hobby turned into a work hobby. Um, but um, you know, like I sort of fell into this this great niche of writing about photography, and so I've I've been doing that. I think over the last several years, um, most of my writing has been about photography. So that's kind of interesting. So you're professionally your your profession is related to photography, but you're not a professional photographer. Exactly. I, so I'm, I'm a professional writer who has done some professional photography. Um, and, you know, the professional photographer is an interesting term anyway, because you, you know, in, in one sense, um, like, I think I can rightly claim that I'm a professional photographer because I've been published. Um, you know, I, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I write about it. Um, you know, I've, um, had pictures show up in a, a, a gallery, you know, th things like that. Um, however, I am not a professional photographer in that I am making my money by making photos. In fact, yeah. my my dad was funny. Once I really started getting into this, um, he was like, "Oh, that's that's really cool." So, are you going to like start shooting weddings and things like that? <laughs> And, uh, you know, my, my, my eyes went red and, and I blacked out for a moment and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, like shooting weddings is such a completely different beast from, you know, my experience and, you know, even, even like, um, what's a good way to put this? Like conceptually I could go shoot a wedding. Conceptually, everybody could go shoot a wedding. Would you However, enjoy it? What? But would you enjoy it? Would it give you satisfaction? Oh God, I no! Exactly. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I would, I would not enjoy it, and I would be so stressed out about, uh, you know, just like, like there's so much at stake there, and so I, I have a huge amount of respect for people who shoot weddings, and you know, just, just to, to be out there and do it and be on point and get those shots that you know will obviously like you don't get a second chance for. Um, it's but one also, of the scariest things to be asked to do by 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 friends or whatever. It's like you, you know, you know which end of a camera to point at things. Will you shoot my wedding? It's like, will I be the only one? Yes. No. <laughs> no, I will not. Exactly. 
Exactly. I, I had a friend who, uh, same thing. Um, uh, she had somebody who, who was shooting the wedding, um, like some other friend, but he, he, he was a professional photographer. Um, and uh, she was like, you know, can you bring your camera just to you know, get some shots on the side? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that was great because I, I didn't have any, any, you know, stress put upon me. Um, and so I was like, you know, shooting things from the side and, and, you know, just moments and things like that. Yeah. Cause that's, that's um, genuinely fun because like I've done that for a few friends weddings as well. And it's, you know, there's no pressure on me because there's someone being paid a lot of money with a very big camera doing all the, you know, all the safety shots, basically making sure exactly. that this is, this is remembered. And then I get to just do all the fun, quirky stuff. And exactly. if none of them work, ah, well. And if I get a few, you know, fun ones because I'm being quirky and silly, you know, they're good because they're mm-hmm. not, you know, they're quirky and silly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, uh, what somehow, and, and I don't know the whole story. She didn't tell me the whole story. It's probably good. Uh, for some reason, the guy who who was the main shooter, he was shooting on film and almost nothing came out. Oh, like no. something, something went wrong. And so, you know, she came to me and she's like, do you have anything from the wedding? Unfortunately, I did, you know, not nearly up to the caliber of, you know, a quote unquote, you know, wedding mm-hmm. photo package or anything like yeah. that. But, you know, like I do have record and a few nice shots of them getting married. I mean, you know, it was nice that it was a, a sort of smaller informal ceremony. It wasn't like like a big, big deal. Right. Um, but, you know, like like just seeing that experience, uh, you know, I, I laughed to my dad. I was like, oh, you have no idea. Yeah, like, I'm not going to do that every like, week. Like, oh, my God. That's not me. That's yeah. not me. Um, so so um, what I've mostly done, um, I, I've done a fair bit of uh, landscape work. Um, I've uh, co-led a, a few um, uh, photo workshops and... Um, you know, which is great for doing uh, landscape work and just sort of like everyday, everyday kind of stuff. Cool. And so you write a lot about photography, but you also um, speak into a microphone and publish it on the Internet about photography, yes. which, is, which is my way of saying you're a podcaster, too. So um, <laughs> do you want to share with the listeners, well, firstly, the name of your podcast and where they can go to subscribe? And then just just sort of the, the elevator pitch, you know, what is it that they would get out of listening to the show? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, it's Photoactive uh, is the podcast name. And uh, on the web, it's photoactive.co, not com, because someone else had the domain and they wanted like $50,000 for it. And we we thought, well, enough to sounds perfectly fine. (laughs) Um, And so our, our tagline is that it's a podcast about photography and the Apple ecosystem. And we chose that. I'm sorry. When I say we, uh, it's me and uh, Kirk McElhern, uh, who is a longtime uh, Mac writer. And say, to me, a, Kirk is security. Like when I when I think Kirk McElhern, I think the, is it this the is it the Indigo Mac security blog? I see Kirk write on all the time. But yeah, I, I yeah, mean, they, think security, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, he 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 does that. Um, he wrote a column about um, iTunes for MacWorld for years and years. Like like he was the iTunes guy, um, but he is also a lover of photography. And so um, you know he he contacted me and he was like, "Hey, I have this idea for a podcast because a lot of podcasts are you know either very technical or um, they're you know sort of uh, you know four guys just talking about what they did over the weekend and then." eventually getting around to photography. Um, And so the idea is basically, you know, we're, um, we have 30 minute episodes and we just tackle one topic. Um, 
it's it's in recorded and edited um so it's it's pretty succinct um and the idea is just to to make a podcast for people who you know aren't necessarily professional photographers people who are shooting with their iPhones or they're just getting into photography or they've been doing it for a while and you know um maybe they've they've just started using some of the tools on um on the Mac uh or iOS basically you know this 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 giant audience of people at least you know we're we're envisioning yeah. this giant audience well, of I'm people I'm pretty sure you're right <laughs> Yeah, who who you know like like they want to know more. They want to learn about what they can do. They are you know more like they're beyond just the you know I'm I'm going to take a snapshot with my iPhone. They want to do stuff with it, but don't really know where to turn. Um, and so might feel intimidated, to... I guess. And some you know yeah, some, some yeah. can be. Not every community is newbie friendly. Right, right, right. And, and photography, unfortunately, th- there are pockets that are very not <laughs> newbie friendly. Yeah. Um, you know, I I write for DP Review occasionally. And, uh, you know, I love DP Review and I love the audience, but it is a very different audience uh, in general. Um, you know, if you start yeah. going through the comments, I, I wrote an article, not to go too far off topic, but I, I wrote an article about uh, the new uh, Lightroom CC hmm. when it came out. Um, and I think within two days, there were a thousand comments and that my brain just turned to mush. So <laughs> that's too much. Yeah, <laughs> that's too much. So, you know, our, our, our podcast is very much geared to people who, who want to learn. And also, I'm trying to steer it in a way that um, like, like people who want to capture the, the joy of taking photography, because it's so easy to talk about gear and lenses and, um, you know, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but those can be rabbit holes that, you know, if you don't happen to have a, you know, um, 70 to 200 millimeter F2 lens, it, it doesn't really apply to you. And so we're trying to uh, focus on a lot of the basics and, and, and move up from there. I mean that that's very in keeping with uh, sort of the, the the ethos of this show where I yes, sort of have yes. an informal no gear rule. The idea is we talk about the art and craft of photography. It doesn't matter what it is you're shooting with. What matters is you know why you're doing it this way. Why why would you want a generic concept of a telephoto lens? Why would you want the generic concept of? Or is, I don't want to get into a rabbit hole about do I buy the forty two millimeter from Sigma versus <laughs> the blah blah blah. I, I don't, you know that is really well catered for. There is. Many many podcasts that do that, and I don't think, I don't think there's any more of them needed. Basically, was my right, right, right. Well, so and for example, another thing that I've done recently. Um, uh, so I've written a book for Take Control Press called "Take Control of Your Digital Photos," hmm. um, which is now in its its uh, third edition. Um, and the whole like the whole concept of that is, um, you know, you. have you've gone out, you've taken some photos and then like, what do you do with them? You know, it's, so it's about, you know, organizing and being able to find them later and uh, you know, keywording and like, like all, all that stuff, because there's so much emphasis on, you know, getting the shot. And then what do you do? Well, a lot of people just dump it on their hard drives and uh, forget about it. And, you know, the, the, the impetus for doing something like that and also for, for doing the photoactive podcast was really that sense of, you know, I think people forget 
why they went out to go shoot in the first place because you go and you shoot and you know in uh, oftentimes you're taking pictures of family or you're at a beautiful spot you're on vacation mm-hmm. and you know like like that's the thing that you're thinking about and you're enjoying that moment that's why you took the pictures in the first place and then you get back to uh your your computer and then you have to do something with it and suddenly it becomes work and so the whole idea behind doing photoactive and 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 uh it, some of the books is is that you know like want to help people remember why they took the pictures in the first place and enjoy them because it doesn't have to be you know suddenly you are an office manager who has to deal with hundreds of thousands of pictures mm. um you know like well you sort of are but you can do it and enjoy it too you know what i mean yeah it's a continuing part of the fun of photography as opposed to a chore and something horrible yes yes so that's a really yeah. good segue, actually, for my sort of thinking about recording this show. So uh, the reason the show came about was because I was sort of thinking to myself, it's summertime, or at least it is in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. Southern Hemisphere folks. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people on this time of the year go on vacation or holiday, as we would say here on it. And you, you don't, you know, family holidays are not the place where you want to bring a giant big rucksack of camera gear. Because you're going to, like, for a start, if you're wrangling a few kids, you have a partner, you're just going to be a drag. You're just going to ruin the family holiday if you do that. So, yeah. but if you're a photographer, if you like taking pictures, you're going to want to take pictures. And (laughs) a good way to square that circle is to use the camera you have with you always, which is your phone. And it doesn't really matter whether it's an iPhone or an Android. The, the principle remains exactly the same. Your phone camera is the camera you have with you. So you're going to have it anyway. So why not, while you're on your vacation with your family, try to do the best you can with that camera? And I put the call out to you know the various podcasters and going, I think I'd be a fun conversation. You know, Can anyone suggest who I would talk to? And Kelly Gilmock up, I can put me in touch with your good self. So that's sort of how we've ended up on this, uh, on this chat. And so, you know, it sounds like you're exactly the right person to talk to. <laughs> good, good. Well, and, you know, it helps so much that, that the, you know, smartphone cameras now are, are so much better than they used to be, mm. um, you know, because uh, not too long ago, it was the option of, okay, do I take my quote unquote real camera, uh, my, my, my big camera, my DSLR, or, you know, um, even, you know, some compacts, um, or can I just leave that at home and not feel like that I have to be in photographer mode and still get good pictures? And so, you know, being able to take something like an iPhone 10 with you or an iPhone 8 Plus and know that you're going to get good photos. They might not be photos that you want to, you know, print four feet wide on a on a uh, wall. Um, but, you know, you're there to go on vacation and enjoy the time. And because you're a photographer, you have that that photographic eye in your head so you know you're, you're your brain noticing is going like you're color, not, yeah. you're noticing shape you're like like oh my gosh this is really good light can you <laughs> just hang out at this cafe for another 20 minutes please you know um and 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 you can scratch that itch and you can take those pictures and not feel like you've missed something 
you you still get that enjoyment mm-hmm. because the camera is in you know I would say ninety percent of ninety percent of cases uh, it's 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 good enough it will do what you need and you know even sometimes a little more. It it kind of staggers me how far we've come from the days when you know the first Nokia's with the camera it was a joke it was a token camera <laughs> you know it was it was fine for something that would be you know a few pixels across on the internet but that mm-hmm. was it you know and i yeah. i recently so one of the things i do for for family is every year i make a calendar of um my photographs for them because most of my family oh, live awesome. in belgium where i'm originally from and so i take nice pictures of ireland and then i make a calendar out of them and last year, I mixed in half from the iPhone and half from my DSLR. And I just asked people, can you tell which is which? And the resounding answer is, no, they can't. Oh, nice. You know, I mean, they were, I, they were processed. They were, I, I monochromed them because the theme, I, I choose a theme, and the theme I chose was ancient uh, cemeteries. So they mm. were all pictures of very, very old places. And so they were all processed as contrasty monochromes. But oh, no nice. one could tell which contrasting monochrome came out of my iPhone or which yeah, one came well, out of my DSLR. Mm-hmm. Well, and even, you know, um, looking like, like take take smartphones out, out of the picture for a second. Mm. You know, we don't look at at magazines and say, oh, oh, that must have been shot on an icon or, oh, that looks like a, 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 a Fuji or, you know, that yeah. looks like a Canon, you know, whatever, whatever. Um because of course that's not what's important. What's important is you know what's in that shot, and does that shot look good? And you know, in in most cases, yes, it does, especially if it's in a magazine. Um, you know, which is sort of interesting. Bringing the smartphone back in, um, it's been interesting to see more magazines use smartphone photos um, for covers, especially like, and you know, they all like to make a big deal of it because it's a great marketing opportunity. But, um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of photos that are showing up in magazines that are taken with smartphones, um, because it's, you know, it's easy or they happen to have them at the time and, and you're not looking at it like, oh, wow, that's a really low resolution image. You're like, oh, look at the, you know, the, I don't know the the fashion or the the location. Yeah, they or, caught whatever what it was that made them reach into their pocket, right? Because that's how it always works, right? So you're you're somewhere, something happens, mm-hmm. the impulse comes, something sparks you up, you know, a cool something, and you just stick your hand into your pocket and you grab it. And yes. so that's what matters, right? What what did I, what did I grab? Not what did I grab it with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and also you know, um, uh, at least on the iPhone. Um, it's it's very easy to do that like quick motion because you know for, for example even though I have apps that will shoot in raw you know apps like Halide and uh, Lightroom Mobile um, that you know let you that give you more options for shooting um, yeah. I would almost every single time um, when I'm in that situation I will pull the phone out uh, I will swipe to the from from right to left to bring up the camera and get the shot because it is you know it's it's fast and easy and it's prioritizing the shot it's not prioritizing the settings and even though you know i i carry a little um uh, fuji xt1 with a pancake lens in my bag all the time um and you know almost always it's easier to grab the iphone unless i can see something that i know that i want to set up 
You know, I yeah, want to set the, up yeah. the shot. Because there is and, a big and, difference and he, in that, isn't there? An impulse versus, okay, this thing is going to exist for the next two or three minutes. Therefore, I can grab a camera, set everything up. You know, it, it is different, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And, you know, and quite often I, I will I will use both, um, you know, because the, like, like let's say we have some sort of a, um, uh, uh, you know, sunset scene or you know, the, the light is, is, is particularly good. Um, I know that if I shoot with my iPhone, um, it will automatically apply an HDR mode and balance out the sky. So it's not overblown. And, and like, like I know that, that the, the phone will do a huge amount of thinking for me yes. um, with the, with the Fuji, I have to do more thinking and sometimes I want to do more thinking and that's good. Um, sometimes I, I don't. And so I can you know, either shoot in manual or I can shoot in you know, aperture priority or what have you. Um, but then I have, you know, so, so I'll use both. And one advantage to that is um, not only do I get sort of, you know, two different views um, and seeing what both cameras come up with, uh, but later on when I uh, bring those into Lightroom, I can use the GPS information from the phone, which is always being recorded, and apply that to the the shots that weren't. Um, the, yeah. Sorry, the shots that were taken with the the Fuji. So you know, almost always, even if I'm like on a photo workshop and I am, um, you know, at some spectacular landscape location, I will always take pictures with the phone as well for that sort of data and just to you know see what see what happens. And I guess the the phone is sort of your safety shot, right? You you quickly grab a shot and you now have something. And if yeah. if whatever it is goes away or the light changes, the cloud comes into the way, you know, something changes, you now have the safety shot. So now it's a bonus, right? If you manage to get a better shot with 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 the other camera that you go rooting for in your bag, that that's all bonus now. You've you've managed to to take at least something. Or that's certainly how right. I look at it. It's like, you know, same here, same here. Well, and, and also, you know, we, we, we can't discount um, one of the the greatest parts of, of shooting with, with a smartphone. Um, you know, you are connected. And so, um, yes. you know, I can take that. And even though that's not going to be my, you know, ultimate, this is the best shot that I took from this location at this time, I can absolutely, you know, post it to Instagram and say, you know, oh, my gosh, look at this light. Look at where I am uh, you know, or send it to family, uh, you know, to boast and say, ha ha, you're at the office, yeah. but I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah. Look at this know, amazing and, sunset I'm enjoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it's, it, I think that, that, you know, people think of, of smartphone uh, photography and, you know, you're, you're thinking about uh, the, the camera sensor and what, you know, what it can do and, and you can get a shot and it's so easy and forget like how important that social side of it is because you don't have to worry about, okay, now how am I going to get a, pic- get a picture off of the memory card and onto my computer or onto my phone? And because like, it's already there and you can just share it right away. And that's, that's a huge part of, 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 uh, you know, shooting with, with a mobile device like that. Yeah, it is definitely part of the fun of, of photography with phones. So, I suppose the, the the first question is so let, let's just imagine that I'm 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 heading off on holidays next week and I'm thinking ahead. So mm-hmm. would you say that for most of the time the built-in camera app is all that you need and that what you should do is get to know 
the built-in camera app so that you can override it sometimes. Because like you say, by default, it tries to be quite clever and usually it succeeds in being quite clever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't want it to be clever. And the sunset is a great example because like you say, by default, it'll say, okay, we have a massive dynamic range here. I'm going to have to auto-engage HDR mode and that way we're not going to blow anything out. But maybe what you actually wanted was a silhouette. So can you assert your your desires onto the built-in camera app easily you can a little bit i mean um so so for example in 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 that uh situation um so the the iphone 10 and the iphone 8 and 8 plus um apple did this curious switch where um before if you wanted to shoot in the hdr mode um you would have to either have it set to auto and the camera would decide whether or not to use it. Or you could just say like, never shoot an HDR or I want to definitely shoot an HDR. Um, yeah, it was like the flash. The, it was a button that you would toggle on and off and it would go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so now um, when, with the eights and the 10 um, Apple, like they're so confident in, in the results that's just turned on by default and you can, um, there's an option somewhere I'd have to dig for it um, where you can specify that it, it also uh, saves the original shot and then, and also the HDR shot, um, which I believe is off by default on, on, on those photos. Yeah. Cause um, they don't because... really want you thinking about that, right? As far as they sort of want you thinking in the mode of, I wanted to take a picture. I pushed the button. I got a picture and it's, a, you know, and Apple sort of feel confident enough that we have engineered this camera well enough that you will get a good picture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, so sometimes that is that is absolutely what you want. Um, and I I get where they're coming from because, you know, they don't want people to have to think about all this stuff. I mean, I mean, like a, a good example, um, this is slightly geeky, but um, you know, uh, iOS I think starting in iOS ten um, has system level support for shooting uh, raw formats. Um, it, it uses um, Adobe DNG format. Um, but the built-in camera app, there's no way to actually shoot in RAW. And so that seems like a really odd thing because, you know, there are situations where you want, you know, that, that broader dynamic range. You want to be able to, to uh, you know, have more editing latitude later. But clearly Apple was like, you know, we're going to have this at the system level other apps can take advantage of it, but our focus is on, you know, the literally millions of people who don't know what raw is, don't care what raw is, and we'll get confused if we give them that option. Yeah, and that's um, probably extremely clever of them because the people who care about raw have no problem installing an app. And in fact, not only have they no problem installing an app, they will spend a lot of time agonizing over which app to install or how many apps to <laughs> install. Or you know, it's... yes, yes, um, yeah. So, and and to jump back to your question, like mm-hmm. you know, are there things that you can do um, to adjust it? So, for example, um, uh, if if people don't know um, when you're shooting, you know, the, the, the phone will try to make the best, uh, you know, best exposure possible. And sometimes, you know, that's, that's a little bit too good. Like you said, like, like you want a silhouette. Um, And so, you know, you can just simply tap somewhere to say, I want to focus on this, or I want um, the, the, the focus and the exposure to be based on this spot. And then there's like a little, a little sunlight uh, icon next to it. 
and and you can just drag that up or down to increase or decrease your your exposure it's 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 you know a little uh, exposure compensation slider and okay, so, so just to sort of, okay so the the place yeah, where yeah. you click it's doing two things you're saying focus this in the in the literal sense of make this be the thing that is sharp mm-hmm. and you're also saying make this be the thing that is exposed quote unquote correctly correct yes um which you know, again, I think for most people out there, like that's what they want. The time, yeah, yeah, like that's what they want. Um, it it does not let you separate those out, and again, that's where you turn to a third party but app. You say that it doesn't will... let you separate it out, but it kind of does, though, because once you've done that click, you then have that little sun icon, and then right, exactly. If you slide your finger up or down, you're now you're not changing the focus, but you are changing the exposure, so you kind of have decoupled them. You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are other apps where where you can you know be more specific about like like I want to focus on this this spot in the upper left corner, um, but I want it to be exposed for this object that's down in the lower right corner, um, right. which is a little bit harder to do uh, using the built-in app. But again, you know, um, if you are trying to do that, then you're sort of jumping into something that a third-party app would do better. Yeah, you really um, are going beyond the problem that they're trying to solve with their app. And so you're right. Yeah. Then it's, yeah, the, it's yeah. The, the, the Halide or Halid or however people choose to pronounce that. <laughs> I end up saying both at, at some point. So I, I'm sure that there's, I always there must was, be a right way. I always thought the chemical was silver halide. So I sort of say Halide, but then I hear other people say the other and now I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> It's like um, I, it's it, like I was a self-taught astronomer for years, which meant that I read lots mm. of books about astronomy. But when you read to yourself, you make up the pronunciations. You know? Oh yeah, and they become oh, ingrained yeah. in your brain. And then the first time you meet a real astronomer, it takes a long time to realize that what you were calling Cetus, they're calling Cetus or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I've had conversations for twenty minutes where I didn't realize we were talking about something I knew. It's only when I finally spelled it out for was like, oh, that's how you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. For, for for years when I was, um, uh, I think even like through high school, maybe, um, I always uh, really liked the word chasm. And it wasn't until I, you know, heard somebody say it aloud. There's like, oh, 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 chasm. That's no but, near as cool sounding, actually. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, you know, like because it's C-H-A-S-M and, uh, you know, I, I didn't know any better. Yeah. Language is weird. So, you know, so so in terms of the, the, the halide, halide, um, you know, the, the proper pronunciation is jiff. Oh, dearie me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to say I'm on, I'm on the gif side of that particular little argument. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm also on the opinion it doesn't matter because it's a terrible format and we should all be using PNG. But then again, exactly. should it be ping or PNG? So then we're back into trouble straight away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it ISO or is it ISO? Is it yeah? The, the, there there's so many so many different things. Yeah, um, yeah. On the podcast, I tend to just say everything twice, right? Because <laughs> so I, you know, my other podcasts here, I'm much more nerdy, and so I, I I do a lot of stuff with with an American lady called Alison Sheridan, and her audience is highly American. So I end up saying things like you know, in the boot of the car, or the or or the trunk. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the bonnet or the hood or the sidewalk or the pavement, you know, I end up saying everything twice because it's like the American way and the European way. And then I get made fun of at work all the time because I'll say things like cell phone by mistake and they'll laugh at me for being a foreign yank. It's like, I'm not American. I'm just trying to be helpful. (laughs) 
Anyway, so you can do quite a bit then by the sound of things. So with the built-in camera, but if you're mm-hmm. serious about it, and if you know if you know in advance that you want to use this phone to take really good pictures, you probably should take the time to to find the third-party app that that sort of has the same sensibility as you. Would that be a fair? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, if if you really want more manual controls, you know that you want to, you know, stick with a a, a fixed aperture, for example, mm. um, then, you know, install one of those other apps. Um, and in you know, going back to what I said about the the, the convenience of um of you know just being able to bring up the the camera app from the lock screen, um, I learned something only recently, um, which is sort of silly because you're like, okay, we use these things all the time. Um, but um, on phones, uh, I'm sorry, on, on Apple phones, when you're at the lock screen and you, um, you, you turn it on, but it's not unlocked yet, you know, you can mm-hmm. like swipe to the left to get your um, uh, uh, control center. I think that's what, what, what it's or called. Or is it no. day view? It's one of them. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can like choose which, wid- which, which widgets uh, choose which widgets uh, show up there, and it turns out that that these apps, like uh, you know, Halide or or Lightroom CC, um, you can basically do like a, a two taps to launch them, um, oh. which I, I had no idea about because you know, like I would, you know, if if I wanted to use them, it would be like okay, you know, open the phone, unlock it, go to my Photos app photo, uh, you know, folder launch the thing did you know and and by then you're like what what am i taking a picture of yeah um, it's gone and so it, yeah it's gone um and so it turns out that that you know at least like on my iphone 10 that i'm looking at here um i can just swipe left to right and there's a button that says open halide and i do that and you know it, you don't have to go through all of that yeah so there you are today widgets i think is the official fancy pants apple term Yes. Uh, so that's where your yes. weather apps and all those kind of things would tend to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't think of looking for photo apps. And of course, at the very bottom is an edit button, which will show you all of the widgets. So every app you have installed that offers a widget will show up in the list. But yeah, look at that. Yeah. Lots of camera apps sitting in here waiting for me. Huh. <laughs> well, that's just made the whole podcast worthwhile. There you go. See, I and and you know, when I learned that, I was like, "Oh, this changes everything." It really um, does. Although, to be honest, I I still mostly launch launch the camera. Um, well, ninety nine percent of the time, the camera does what I need it to do because usually I'm not in really weird lighting or in really extreme situations. I'm usually out for a walk, and mm-hmm. something happens. You know, the, the, there is a really nice alignment. There is a really nice sky. There is a really nice flower. There is a a squirrel. A lot of squirrels around our place. And you just mm-hmm. want to grab the phone. And in my case, it's, you know, from the lock screen, you, you sort of hard press on the camera icon on the iPhone 10 and you're straight into the camera snap. And so that means you can you can capture whatever it is very quickly. And my experience is that 99.9% of the time, the built-in camera app achieves, you know, it, it works. It, it does its thing. And I get the impression yeah. that because photography is so important in the modern zeitgeist that Android users... The same is true because camera manufacturers genuinely compete with each other on the quality of their camera. It is it is a thing that they they focus their development on, they focus their advertisement on. And when you read reviews, it's things that reviewers focus on because we are the Instagram generation, whatever I may think of that. And mm-hmm. so they're competing on this, which is fantastic for us because it means it doesn't really matter what brand of phone you have. If it's a modern phone, its camera is probably good. 
Oh yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's just sort of mind-boggling to think back, and, and again, you know, we're only talking about like five years ago, um, yeah. where you know, the the camera the the um, smartphone manufacturers realized that photography was a huge competitive advantage. I mean, um, you know, I, I remember well, reading do we an article. Do you give Nokia credit here for the for the Lumia series of phones, which which put the camera absolute foot and center of of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. you know their different that was their differentiator, right? We have an amazing camera. Oh yeah, and a Windows phone too right 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 yeah you know um i forget that these these devices actually make calls because you know i almost um, never do that i call it a phone but that's the last thing it does right 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 um you know like like i think it was the the iphone 4 that had like a, a dramatically better camera and i remember uh, you know, somebody asking me, they're like, so are you going to get the new camera? And I was like, what? They're like, well, you know, the the, the new iPhone, the, the the camera that also has a few other features. And I was yeah. like, that's like, like there, there was that shift. And I remember reading an article um, and I, I can't remember where it was, but um, like, you know, somebody had like a behind the scenes look um, at, at Apple's uh, development for, for the, the iPhone camera. Mm. And, you know, it's not 10 guys in a lab. It's hundreds and hundreds yeah. of people. It's, you know, um, uh, hardware engineers and software engineers and, you know, all the stuff that's going on, like all the processing that happens well, every mean, time you, you there, press the shutter. There's a dedicated it's... chip on the yes. iPhone's tiny little motherboard whose only job in life is to process images. It's a DSP, a digital signal processor, but it's mm-hmm. its sole job in life is to make photos look better in hardware. So... It's amazing the amount of effort goes into these things. We have optical image stabilization in a camera phone. <laughs> yes. I mean, wow. yes. <clears throat> well, you know, and also um, with, with, with cameras, with, with the dual lenses, then you also have interesting things like, like the portrait mode, yeah. um, you know, which, which works eh, most of the time. It's pretty um, clever. Like, I mean, it's not foolproof, yeah. but it's pretty clever. Yeah. I was, I, I was leading a, a, a workshop last week, um, uh, here in Seattle, just down in Pike Place Market, and one of the attendees, um, like like she loves the portrait mode, um, doesn't know much about the, you know sort of like using a, a DSLR, and she kept wanting to know, okay, how do I get that look? How do I get that 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 soft background look? Um, you know, and we we you know discussed a few different ways to do that, you know, with, with, with aperture and, and, and distance, et cetera. Um, and, and I think that she was, she was a little disappointed because, you know, the, the, the phone makes it so easy to do. And I, I push finally this had to button. Say, well, what do you mean? I have yeah. To, like, you know, yeah. You, you know, get a good like, lens or stand back and zoom in or. Right, right, right. You know, it's like, it's like, well, okay. Like for this shot, if you really want this, you know, go buy this fifteen hundred dollar yeah. lens. Um, and you know, and like, I think she was a little disappointed because on on her phone, it's super easy. Like you just say, "Oh, I want everything blurred out nicely," and boop, and then and it's done. And you and, can and, pixel and, peep, and you'll find that the edge between the face and the hair isn't perfect, and the fall off between in focus and out of focus sometimes gets a few things wrong. Mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm. something at the actual. Normal viewing size, not pixel peeping. It looks pretty darn good most of the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, um, and, and what's nice is, you know, all this work into making the, the better camera and the better software, you know, for most people, it just means, hey, you can take this phone out and get good pictures. Yeah. And, you know, 
that's great. Um, uh, I'm, I am blanking on who this is right now. Someone that I follow on Instagram. Um, I think maybe, uh, Jan Kabili, who, uh, she's, she works at Adobe. Um, she is actually, I don't think it's Jan. Never mind. Sorry, Jan. Um, <laughs> anyway, somebody I a know. Very good who, photography. Yes. So, um, somebody that I know who, who, uh, works at Adobe is on vacation and, um, she just decided like, I'm not even going to bring anything else. Like I, I'm shooting just with my phone. Um, you know, and, and she's like in, uh, uh, like Tel Aviv and, you know, like areas that have a lot of good photographic potential. It's not like she's just, you know, going to a cabin for a weekend. Like she's on, you know, uh, uh, capital H holiday. Um, and so, you know, and, and she's like, everything that I need is right here in this phone. And that's, that's what I've chosen to do. And, you know, we can now do that. So anybody who is, is going on vacation, going on holiday, um, and they're thinking like, you know, I don't know if I want to carry all that stuff with me. Um, you yeah. know, a phone will do just about everything, which is amazing. It's a wonderful place to be. It's a, it's a wonderful luxury that we have that. Um, something that, something that occurs to me is this piece of advice that I want to give, and I'm hope. Well, I wonder if you'll agree with me or not. I'm hoping you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there is no earthly way that a camera phone can do certain things that your dedicated digital camera can. So, if you're going to that cabin in the woods and there's eagles nesting, you will mm. not with your iPhone. No matter how expensive an iPhone it is, you will not get a close up of the chicks' heads popping out of the top of the nest. Right. No. Not happening. No, no, no. So you, you need to enter into your holiday with the understanding that what you have is a camera which is really good within its comfort zone. And unless you want to be frustrated and cranky, you should just <laughs> accept the fact that there is such a comfort zone and don't waste your time and your emotional energy trying to go outside of that. Just accept the fact that I am not going to do any telephoto work on this holiday. It's not happening. I'm just you know, accept it and move on. Would you agree yeah. with that advice? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, knowing the limitations is also super important. Um, and, you know, just as a, uh, uh, this is going to make me sound like like a bit of a photographer snob. Um, <laughs> just because your iPhone can zoom doesn't mean that you should. Because, yes. um, you know, like, granted, you zoom a little bit, um, you can kind of get away with things. Well, but the two X's um, in hardware, so that's okay. But the two X is in hardware, X, all, although awesome. not under low light, though, which, which is this this crazy thing where um, sometimes the two X camera doesn't actually use the two X lens because um, it's not sensitive enough in low light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so the um, the telephoto uh, lens. I'm not remembering. But what there's the, your DSP the, chip kicking in again, right? It's looking at the scene going, how do I get the best possible results based on this hardware? I will automatically disable an entire sensor because that will make the photograph better. That's exactly what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So so even though you have that that optical reach for, for 2X, um, if it thinks that it's too dark, it will use the 1X camera and just boost the ISO, right. which is sort of crazy but um but true but um you know and and you try to use more than that and things are just going to get smudgy um and you know this also brings up real quick the um you know there are also uh telephoto lens adapters and things you can you can buy and those kind of things 
Yeah, yeah. The, they all look like the um, uh, the uh, moment. I think the company is Moment Lenses, which I've heard very good things about. I haven't used them, um, and like like those are always possibilities. But I they're find they're small enough to stick in your pocket, right? So if you're going on a family holiday, that's not an imposition on your family to carry around a little lens you can clip onto your phone. Right, right. As long as it's easy to do that, um, you know, and and it, it also adds that extra step. Yeah, you know, I found. Um, I had a, uh, a DxO1, which was this this very clever, um, basically like optical camera that pops into the lightning port, um, and then you you run it using the the phone software, and you could get actual optical zoom and higher resolution megapixel um, uh, images. Like like it 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 had a really really high quality. Um, boost to to photos because you're not using the the, the built-in camera. You're basically using a you know a, a other hardware. Um, it was great. It was expensive, um, but the problem was is that it always required that extra step. And I, you know, so getting it out, plugging it in, switching to the app, like you do that so many times and and it you know it was big enough that you couldn't just leave it connected to the phone and and you know right. like stick it in your pocket because that just wasn't possible so you know like like the convenience won out every single time even though it was this this brilliant little little device it's no longer made because i i think for this exact reason like people just weren't actually using well, if you're going to carry something i think people want something that they can just take it out of their pocket and use Yes. And if they're just yes, going to exactly. grab a shot quickly, well, then they're not going to have time to assemble a camera. So they're going to just take right. the built-in camera, which is good enough. Right, right, right. You're, you're, you know, standing at the bottom of the tree saying, you know, chicks, stay right there. Don't, don't move. Don't put your heads back down. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so. No, carry on. Sorry. So, you know, going, going that route is a possibility. And um, I think if you are going to, be somewhere where you really want to tell a photo, but you don't want to bring all your camera gear, then, you know, like something like that will probably work a bit, but you definitely mm. have to know the limitations of it. And so you should probably not buy that the day before you leave for holidays. And you should probably no. do a little bit of experimentation at your leisure in familiar surroundings before you try to do anything for reals. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise your holidays can be grumpy and yeah, you don't want to that be wasn't the point. Yeah. yeah. Um, another question, I guess, that comes up because, you know, the, the physical camera is very good in all modern smartphones, from as best as I can tell, whether it be Android or iOS. The camera apps seem to be pretty darn good on modern smartphones. Mm-hmm. So the final piece of the puzzle then is editing on the go, because if you... If you're on the kind of family holiday you've decided you're not going to be a burden on your family by bringing your big lenses and things, you're probably also not bringing your big laptop either. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. What is the state of play with photo editing on the go? I mean, my understanding is it's getting pretty darn good. It's just not something I've had a need to do, so I don't have any experience of it. But I get the feeling I get from the community is that it, it the space is, is doing well. Is that does that tally with your experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, Snapseed um, is, is sort of one of the the gold standards here. Um, you know, you can do all sorts of things with Snapseed. Um, you know, like like pretty much all of the editing that you would want to do. Um, you know, it, it can do some HDR processing, um, not 
not necessarily by combining actual exposures, but it it has a a nice HDR effect that doesn't you know look like some you know alien nightmare like some HDR like uh, natural photography. Which is, it's always my my opinion on HDR is it's a fantastic tool for making my photograph look like what my eye saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Um, uh, if you use Lightroom and you know you're you're sort of in the Lightroom ecosystem, um, Lightroom Mobile is now very very good. It it, it can do pretty much. Well, I don't want to say everything, but um, but a lot, you know, a lot. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you know, you can do selective edits, and um, since since I use it, there are many times when um, I will just do some editing on the couch downstairs on my phone or on my iPad. Um, and like, like that's all I need to do. You know, maybe I will come back to my Mac and review those edits because they all get synced uh, you know, nice and invisibly, um, you know, and maybe make some tweaks, but um, it's definitely at the point where you can make those kinds of edits. Um, if you're more of like a, a, a Photoshop user, uh, I think like on the iPad, Affinity Photo is really good. Um, so like like there's a lot of power out there. Um, Adobe just announced that they're working on like full Photoshop for the iPad, although I don't have any I mean, it's not details. Yeah, but of, isn't that cool? <laughs> it's it, it's it's very cool. Like like you know the 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 mobile hardware can now do all of that for for a long time. Another thing that, you know, in my past, I wrote a book called The iPad for Photographers mm. uh, when the iPad came out because it had, um, you know, the, there were so many possibilities for bringing your photos onto an iPad and reviewing them in the field and doing some edits and remote shutters and like all sorts of things like that. Um, but for a long time, uh, the the memory in the iPads was just really, really weak. Yeah. Until the iPad Pro came out, and now uh, uh, now third-party developers can really take advantage of you know being able to engineer some of these more sophisticated things that aren't just going to cripple the iPad or make things go super slow. And again, so, yeah, dedicated hardware in there for doing image processing and stuff, which those third-party developers yes. also get to leverage. Yes, yes, yes. That and you know the built-in GPUs and um, you know it's it's at the point. I would say we are on the cusp of it not really mattering whether you're using an iOS device or a Mac for, uh, you know, most photo editing. There's still that that scale of, you know, people who use Photoshop for very specific reasons. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when you need a whole bunch of different layers and like, like that's, that's kind of another realm, sort of like, you know, wedding photography, like, you know, the, you have wedding photographers who are just in a different class and then you have some Photoshop editors who are just in a different class. Well, but for most people, it's also um, the case so that not every image needs the same amount of work. So 90, you know, the vast majority of the photographs you take need some simple adjustments and then they're good to yes. go. And there will be a few images that, because you're doing something particularly cool or clever, need some much more work. Maybe you've intentionally shot four different shots to combine or whatever. So mm-hmm. the, the fact that you may not be able to do 100% doesn't mean that you're not going to get to do what you need most of the time. Right, right, right. You know, for, for a very um, specific example, um, on our uh, photoactive 
um, podcast, we have an episode coming up where we talk about um, selective editing, which is, you know, being able to, to make a, um, like a, a linear gradient um, and just, just make the sky darker or, um, you know, use like, like radial gradients to, um, you know, darken or lighten a spot. And yeah. so, uh, you, you know, if, if I have some pictures of people, um, sometimes I'll put a little radial gradient over someone's face because it's just a little bit too dark. It's not, you know, dramatically underexposed. It's not washed out just or anything. Pull like the that. eye where you want it to be, I guess. It just needs a little, a little touch. And before I would have to, you know, wait and do that in Lightroom on the desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can just do that right on, like I said, on on the couch on my phone. Um, and and you know the 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 quality of the effect is exactly what you would get on the desktop so it's not like i'm even applying a crude version of it like yeah. that's what i need and, and you know it's it's just a little tiny tiny accent that to me makes the image a lot better and that's perfect for for a holiday setting right because now that's yes. not a chore right so you've had right. a good day you've you know you've been somewhere cool you've taken some cool pictures it's now a balmy summer evening. You're sitting out in a patio somewhere. You have a glass of good local wine in your hand, and you're just tweaking your images, and yeah, then maybe you're yeah. sharing them. I mean, what mm-hmm. a nice way to end the day! Right, right. And you know, going back to what we said earlier, like you're enjoying those images. You are reliving, you know, what you did yesterday or earlier that day, and you know, saying, "Oh, like like that turned out really good." And boy, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't doesn't this person look like they're having more fun than they seem to or you know you have that that reliving that experience and you know maybe doing a little bit of editing here and there but sharing with other people and um what's also really great is um you know since everybody around you also has a smartphone most likely yeah. um you can use something like airdrop and and say you know hey i took this great picture of your kid here it is boop and it yeah. just gets transferred over to them and vice you know? versa right you, you you may end up with, yeah. with a collection of the best pictures from everyone um, one of the fun things, so um, Alison Sheridan is, is is another podcaster who I do a lot of uh, podcasts with, and mm-hmm. she has a tradition that when they go on holidays, the people who want it, and she's very, very good, that this is never forced on anyone. This is something you opt into. But she does uh-huh. like a, a daily sort of report from the field, and it's it's, it's written in a very, very, very playful style, and it's a mix of text and pictures, mm-hmm. and it is just perfect i mean it's a, like i say it's in a very joking style you know we did absolutely nothing of interest today and there's a picture of like a massive parade of 400 horses going up the shawns of these or something right you know it's it's fun it's right. joking but it's the combination of a fun story and the photographs and neither on their own would be all that compelling but the two together are extremely compelling so it's really great fun to receive them and i know for a mm-hmm. fact alison has a great time writing those and it's oh, good. it's done in the evening you know, and that winding down part of the day when you're in your holidays, or you, in the case of Alison, it's going to be a G&T she's sipping, but, you know, it'd be a glass of mm-hmm. wine for me. But the point <laughs> is, it's, it's a fun end of the day, and you can now do that without having to lug big computers. You can have all of that fun purely on mobile devices, whether it be, right. you know, I mean, everyone's going to bring a tablet probably too, because you're going to want to read a book or whatever. But the need to bring a computer computer with you is almost gone. And it's great. Well, Plus, you know, like, like, like she's doing that, 
the day of. So everything is still fresh in her mind. Uh, you know, little details are, are, are like right there that she can write down and, and pick out with photos yeah. um, compared to, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot a week's worth of photos and then do nothing with them and then sort them when I get back home. Well, you know, you're like, okay, like, was this the second day or the third day? Which yeah. day did we go and do this? And, you know, you, you, you forget some of those details, but when you have them all right there on your phone or your tablet, you can make note of them or, you know, even, uh, you know, mark the photos that you like more than others right there yeah. rather than have it be this chore that you have to deal with later. I guess this is where the cloud version of the, the the Adobe suite really comes into its own because you can do your tagging and keywording and favoriting and and all that kind of stuff from from the comfort of your of your couch with your G and T next to you and when you get home on your big boy computer, it's there, right? Yeah, the ones you've yes. highlighted are still highlighted. The ones you've cropped are still cropped. The the ones you've given a little radial radial gradient to, well, that gradient is still there. You know, it's yes, it's all there, which which yeah, is yeah, and. and- and and in fact, if you you know if wherever you are has a a you know semi decent uh, internet connection, um, you know uh, with with Lightroom CC everything goes up to Creative Cloud automatically, mm-hmm. and so when you get home to your big boy computer uh, and you launch Lightroom, um, like they're all just there, yeah. so you know you don't even have to do that extra import step. Um, Another you know. chore gone, and also right. you have you, you have that certain amount of safety that if I lose, you know, you're not worrying about losing all of your photos because certainly historically, when I would have been going on holidays and taking nice pictures, I would then become really paranoid because I don't have my backup hard disk with me because mm-hmm. I'm on holidays, so right, I could lose right. all of these amazing photographs that I've just spent so much time and effort on. Whereas if it just goes whoosh off to the cloud, it's like okay, that's safe, that's banked. Yeah, now I can yeah. enjoy the rest yeah. of my holiday. Same with um, uh, I, um, iCloud Photo Library. Yeah. The same does the same thing. Um, you know, you you do have to have a decent internet connection, which when you're on holiday is is never a guarantee. Or you know, well, you're it's like, getting oh, better, right? Hol-. Five years ago, it was like, oh wow, we have good internet on holiday. But you know, five years from now, that we can take that for granted. And today, fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it really depends on on where you are. Well, can I just say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and I, I do hope uh, we can hear from you again because it's it's, it's been a really good conversation um, so I, thank you for, for giving so freely of your time on a Sunday afternoon or morning for you oh absolutely you thank you for having me this is great oh, my pleasure uh, so do you want to remind the listeners again where they can hear more of your content and read more of your content Yes, yes. So uh, the podcast is photoactive.co. Uh, it's me and Kirk McElhern. Uh, sorry, Kirk McElhern and I. I'm a writer. I should be able to say this correctly. <laughs> well, I'm not going to um, because my grammar is awful. <laughs> I write it correctly. I don't have to speak it correctly. Um, and uh, just for me in general, uh, go to jeffcarlson.com. Uh, and that's where you'll find, uh, you know, links to my books and photos and sort of everything. Um, and then also uh, Instagram and Twitter's at Jeff Carlson. Cool. Yeah. I will put all of those links into the show notes for people to get at. Thanks so much. Uh, when those people are looking for those show notes, they'll find them at lets-talk.ie. And while you're reading those show notes, you will see that the website has a collection of large blue buttons with a heading over it that says support the show. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who has made use of those buttons to support the show in some way. Um, You have a couple of options. There's the plain old PayPal donate button that does exactly what it says on the tin. 
there is the single most cost-effective way of supporting the show is Patreon. The idea is you pledge a small dollar amount for every show I get published, and at the end of the month I get one payment from Patreon, which means one set of PayPal fees. Uh, so it's a very efficient way to send small amounts of money to your podcasters that you want to support. And that allows me to pay the bills for web hosting and all of those other kinds of things. And it really is because of the Patreon supporters is the reason this podcast continues to exist, because it is entirely listener supported. There are no advertisers. It's just you guys and you rock. And then we have affiliate links for Hover.com for those of you who need domain names and want to basically help me and help yourself to a domain name. And DigitalOcean for those of you who are nerdy enough to need virtual machines on the internet and uh, want to help me out too with that referral code. Um, That's also thanks to everyone who tweets about the show, you know, tells their friends, you know, it all counts as supporting the show and it is all very much appreciated. So again, let's-talk.ie. I've been your host, Bart Bouchots. You can find me personally at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy snapping. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey Siri, could you beat the Three Geeky Ladies promo script? Sure. Elisa says, Welcome to the Three Geeky Ladies podcast and introduces Susay and Vicky. Susay says, Hello everyone. Vicky says, Hi. Elisa, want to know how we feel about the new Apple product? Susay, what about the iOS camera, Vicky, or the MacBook Pro update? Elisa, Susay, and Vicky in unison. Then, listen to the Three Geeky Ladies podcast. Siri, the Three Geeky Ladies podcast on the MyMac Podcasting Network.